The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Everybody and welcome to Farty Towers, a Faulty Towers podcast. My name is Sai, and joining me for episode one here, stopping off to check out the very first episode of this brilliant uh, BBC sitcom, is our good old friend Scottish Danny himself. Danny, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing really well, thank you, Sai. How's yourself, mate? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Looking forward to diving into this with your good self and. And well, and and other people who are coming on to join us for the podcast and uh, check out this, well, this this quite short run for a TV show. Really, they only made two seasons of Faulty Towers. Uh, there was only six episodes in either season, so twelve in total. Uh, yeah, quite a short run, but still viewed upon as being an all-time classic. And when you see these these, I suppose these countdown charts that are quite popular on television now with regards to greatest sitcoms of all time and all this, it always ranks very, very highly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying very hard to get people on the show who have either never seen this before or have only seen it you know, once or twice many years ago or the complete other end of the spectrum where they're absolutely fanatical, crazy big fans about it. So, starting this week and, well, starting this very first episode with your good self, who's never seen Faulty Towers before, Danny, have you? Absolutely not, mate. And thank you for letting me be the first guest because um, I actually really enjoyed this episode. So, Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, the way we're going to do this for everyone listening, just so you're aware, is, is not going to be in a similar sort of ilk to other shows on the SJP World Media Network where we look back at uh, Doctor Who or Quantum Leap or Murder in Mind or, or certain wrestling events or matches where, you know, myself and and the person on with me breaks these these episodes or tv programs down bit by bit and go really in depth into discussing it i just want to sort of really get people to watch the show and then just get their thoughts on certain moments i mean there's certain points that are obviously quite important to bring up um i hope to sort of intersperse moments from the show during the episode for the listeners to be able to hear and so on and hopefully get people to go back and watch this absolute classic sitcom so that's kind of the kind of feel that I'm going for, really. Just a, just a real sort of lighthearted, brief chat and just getting people's opinions on this show that's, I mean, goodness me, it's, what, 1975, so that's that's pushing 50 years old now, Danny, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the thing that really stood out to me, mate, because you've, you've heard of Multi Towers via name and things like that, but I was just assuming this was from the 80s, but when I looked it up, it was like 1975. Wow just mind-blowing it is it is i mean it's it's funny because it for me there are certain programs growing up that always seem to be on the television now that's probably not an accurate take but it's how how i remember it as a kid i remember only fools and horses being on all the time because my dad loved that and for some reason i can remember faulty towers being on all the time but i don't think that was accurate because like i said there's only 12 episodes of it and I don't know how many times it was re-shown and so on when I was younger, but in my head, it was on all the time. 
but I don't think I'm remembering that correctly. Maybe it's a bit of the Mandela effect there. I'm not too sure. But both my parents really enjoyed Faulty Towers. So that's kind of where I started catching bits and bobs of it as a kid as well. Back in the days of uh, only four channels, Danny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that only four channels. Wasn't there five? I can remember Channel 5 starting. Wow. Um, yeah, so th- there was four channels for, for quite a while when I was growing up. And then Channel 5 was this magical, new, exciting thing that was coming to our house that when it was rolled out everywhere, I would say the majority of people I knew had trouble picking it up because you couldn't get it through a normal aerial. You had to use... uh, Some people were plugging it in through their video players, thinking that boosted their signal and all this sort of stuff. The picture was always fuzzy on Channel 5, and it wasn't as exciting as we were led to believe when it started, put it that way. (laughs) Definitely not, but yeah. (laughs) Get excited to get into this with you, mate. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a brief rundown of this episode. I mean, it's again, it's it's 50-year-old television, so I imagine that a lot of people listening to this will have probably seen it. Uh, if not, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Uh, on this episode here, we meet Basil Fawlty, who is the owner um, of the Fawlty Towers Hotel in Torquay, and he is quite, a, quite an odd character. Quite a crazy guy who seems to have incredible bad luck in a lot of scenarios. It's one of those situations where if things can go wrong, they will. A great deal of time, the bad luck is created by his own poor decisions. Uh, Basil's wife, Sybil, runs the hotel with him. And Sybil is your stereotypical battle axe character, I suppose. But the more episodes we watch and the more we discuss, the more we'll get into the makeup of these particular characters. And the other two main characters we see on pretty much every episode is Polly, who is the uh, the young girl who works for the Falters, and Manuel, who is from Barcelona, as we're constantly reminded, who is the waiter there, who struggles with English and so on. And his interactions with Basil are quite uh, quite amusing as well. Manuel, there is too much butter on those trays. <laughs> There is too much butter on those trays. No, 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 senor. What? Not, not on those trays. No, sir. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> no. This episode, we see Basil trying to raise the tone of the hotel. He wants a classier well a higher class of guest i suppose than the people that have been staying so he's advertising in posher places and posher newspapers and so on at a decent amount of expense he has paid for this advert to go into a newspaper to sybil not not you know she's not a fan of that option but this attracts uh, a fellow called lord melbury who turns out to be a confidence trickster and all sorts of nonsense carries on from there so, Danny, when the episode starts, we're with Basil initially, aren't we? And then Sybil quickly arrives and he's getting told to put a picture up. Uh, what are your first impressions of of the Basil Faulty character? I'm not just talking this opening scene. You, you, you've watched the whole episode. Give, give us your thoughts on the Basil Faulty character himself and his relationship with his wife, I guess. Very, he comes across very high strong. Um very clumsy as well i would say uh and he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. it's like um his um wife civil just calls the shots and he just does everything um she says because like when he's trying to do do work on the typewriter she's like no 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 do this you, you've got all more than to do that um as a character himself yeah definitely high strong well why don't you do it now well i'm doing this dear i'm doing the menu well, you've got all more to do the menu why don't you hang the picture now <laughs> well 
Yes, all right, I will do the menu. I don't think you realise how long it takes to do the menu, but no, it doesn't matter. I'll hang the picture now. And if the menus are late for lunch, it doesn't matter. The guests can all come and look at the picture until they are ready, right? Lower. <laughs> Lower. Up a bit. There. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much. I don't know where I'd be without you. Land of the living, probably. Yes, yes, totally. I agree. Um, I, I think it's the thing that I love about the show, and you really get it here in this episode, but I think it stands out more from, from memory. It stands out more in future episodes that we're going to cover as well. But it's the way that John Cleese, who played Basil Fawlty, he, he just, just during the, the 30 minutes of each episode, he escalates. Yeah. And you can see him unraveling and each little thing that contributes to his mood gets blown out of proportion because of what he's already dealing with, where other things have wound him up as well. And I think that John Cleese here is, is absolutely superb at that. I mean, he, I don't know if you're aware, Danny, but John Cleese and um, the young lady who played Polly, who is an actress by the name of Connie Booth, uh, they wrote Faulty Towers together. I mean, at the time, they, they were a married couple as well. Um, so it's, it's all their work, I guess. Wow. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've, I was quite surprised when I found that out as well. Because obviously, you know, Polly here comes across as the, the young girl who works in the hotel. John Cleese has obviously done up to be a more um, middle-aged guy. But we're, we're going by their characters. Obviously, in real life, it's completely different, of course. But, yeah, I was quite surprised as a youngster to find that out myself. But I don't know quite what I expected. But, yeah, they were they were together for a while. They wrote this, and uh, this episode... The initially this this I suppose the pilot for it was initially filmed uh, recorded on Christmas Eve in 1974, uh, before eventually airing in 1975 after more episodes had been recorded for this first series. It, funnily enough, though, it wasn't until I think 1979, maybe it was several years later that the second series actually ran. So there's only six episodes out there for for quite a long time. Wow. No, that that just blows my mind because if you look at it today's standards, it's like they have to get seasons out very, very quickly. Like You're talking four years. That's just mind-blowing as well. Yeah, they do like to chuck stuff out now, don't they? They do like to chuck <laughs> stuff out. Uh, the beginning of this episode, we, we've got Sybil nagging uh, Basil to hang a picture. And this becomes a little bit of a running theme throughout the episodes. And I enjoy this because... This does happen quite a bit in Forty Towers, where there's these almost uh, these 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 moments that they revisit throughout each episode that aren't really relevant to the plot or what's going on, but the, the, for the comedy value, they do keep popping back up again. And um, this this picture is he's getting nagged and nagged and nagged, and she's saying to him, "Put it higher, put it lower, note lower again." That'll do there, and you get more of an insight into their relationship. I think Danny because Basil. Is muttering under his uh, under his breath, isn't he? About uh, where would I be without you, dear? Probably, you know, <laughs> you know, in the land of the living or something along those lines, doesn't he? Yeah, he comes across as a very um, sort of like a moany husband, isn't it? It's like, oh, like just let me get on with my things, but she keeps all doing him about, so you can tell he's annoyed. Yeah, he's very downtrodden, I think. But yeah. uh, it's, it's interesting from my standpoint because. Basil's comes across this downtrodden, disheveled at times, stressed out, but bit of a lunatic to be fair. And you part of me thinks that's been created by living with Sybil or being married to Sybil. But then the other side of it, I kind of think maybe he is that way 
and Sybil is the way she is because she's got to control him. It's almost like the chicken and the egg factor, isn't it? What came yeah. first, the chicken or the egg? Was Basil this way before he married Sybil? Or has being married to Sybil turned him this way? Or was he was he this way before he married her and Sybil has developed into the character she is to control him because of the way he was already? It, it's quite interesting to me. Yeah, that really is. I mean, it makes it keeps you guessing. Mm, yeah, indeed. Uh Basil, we, we also we see we see how snappy he can be quite early on. There's a couple of guests who want to check out whilst he's he's trying to hang this picture, and they're ringing the bell saying they want to check out, and he's like, right, okay, fine, storms off to go and get all the paperwork done and all this. But you find out that these guests are in a hurry, and and again, it summarises I think the character of Basil Fawlty. You find out that these guests are only in a hurry and rushing Basil because they didn't get their wake up call which Basil was supposed to give them, and he forgot. So it's of his own making again, Danny, isn't it? No, there isn't. And he seems very annoyed. He even slams down the picture when uh, they say that to him, and he's like, he just goes straight over to make out the receipt. And um, he's like, oh, just another thing amongst the hundred things I've got to do today. He's very, very, his body language is very on point. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh some of that I thought was quite interesting as well was when the newspapers are delivered and he has a little bit of a moan at the paperboy for being late and the paperboy just shrugs his shoulders, doesn't really give a shit. I'm assuming he's among that every day by Basil. But we meet the Major here and the Major is one of the characters who stays at the hotel, um, I'm, I'm assuming forever because he's always there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when they're looking at the front page of the paper, they're talking about strike action and, and so on, which I thought was quite apt considering we're watching this now uh, at the trail end of December in 2022. And there's strike action all over the UK at the moment, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> that is very telling. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. Uh, Basil tries to have breakfast here. He sneaks off with a little bit of toast and a bit of butter. Um, but then he almost consents that Sybil is coming into the room and he jumps up and goes to uh, pretend he's hanging the picture again. But Sybil is more interested with this advert that he has ran in the newspaper, which has cost them £40, which is quite a substantial amount of money. Uh, as this is going on, a guy in a leather jacket arrives. He's got quite a bad accent and he's not being portrayed as... The higher class of guest that's, that Basil would potentially want. Uh, and this is Mr. Brain, we're told later on. We get a bit more of an interaction here then with Manuel. Because Manuel is supposed to be taking Mr. Brain's bags up to his room. Basil does not approve of Mr. Brain or his actions or his long hair or his sports car or anything like this. And then B B Mr. Brain ends up speaking Spanish to Manuel. Because Basil is butchering the language whilst trying to communicate with with Manuel the question always being why have you hired him from Sybil and Basil's response always being well he's cheap which I think you get another insight into the Basil Fawlty character there don't you you really do mate he's cheap and he's eager to learn and it's just another case of like oh but you can just see Basil's just quite just trying to do everything he can on on like as cheap as he can or as easy as he can yeah whilst also still trying to attract this this higher class of clientele, I guess. It's a bit of a contradiction, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, mate. Yeah. Manuel, then, he's quite a famous character from, from British television. Uh, you know, the, the character, is, you've got the catchphrases that surround him. Oh, he's from Barcelona, um, and he, he's famous, sort of, uh, he doesn't understand, you know, certain things back and forth with Basil. Um, this is your first... Uh, 
I suppose, sighting of Manuel, the character. Uh, what did you think here, and also as the episode goes on? Because he's quite berated, isn't he, by Basil? Yeah, he really is. He's like, um, he almost, I get the sense that he almost, uh, I could, I don't want to say he enjoys it, but he really just puts up with it. And he's just like, anyone else would have just left. I mean, he's being like, just kind of um, just abused almost. I mean, this wouldn't stand today, would it? No, you're right. <laughs> I tell you, what, that's really interesting. You say that about him almost effectively being abused. You're absolutely spot on because he does get the shit kicked out of him, doesn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> he gets what yeah. up to left, right, and centre. I mean, there's a moment later on where uh, Basil is trying to impress somebody in in the in the dining room of the hotel, and he asks for the wine list. But Manuel's got to come from the kitchen. Basil stood right next to the wine list, but he wants the waiter to hand him the wine list for him to then hand it to the guest. And of course, there's confusion because Manuel doesn't understand what he means. Uh, and then he gives him a bit of a slap around the back of the head and so on. But there's, and then this escalates as well, Danny. This, um, this becomes a regular thing with regards to the, the physical side and the abuse that Basil gives Manuel. And what we find out in later years is that Andrew Sachs, the actor who played Manuel, uh, he used to actually get paid extra money for the fact that he got hurt by Basil Fawlty or John Cleese on the set of Fawlty Towers. They used to literally beat the crap out of him, basically. Wow. No wonder he was uh, getting kicked out all, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, we get then our first sighting of Lord Melbury, who is the uh, a guest that Basil starts fawning over very quickly because it's somebody of this higher clientele, this higher class that he's after. Uh, but before we get that, we have Mr. Faulty on the phone to Mr. O'Reilly. He's talking about a wall that was supposed to have been built and it's not been completed. And he's he's criticizing this this builder. He's hired Mr. O'Reilly. He wants him to come back and finish the work properly. But O'Reilly's making excuses, it seems like. And that's that, that's a nice little touch for me because the character of Mr. O'Reilly, the builder, turns up in a later episode. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely a um, he's like a really good character for me uh, to be watching this. I mean... Lord Melbury here, when he arrives, though, he wants to deposit a case. Um, and, and Basil is, of course, fawning over this guy. And he, 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 everything this guy does is just like, you know, pure class to Basil. He loves it. He thinks the guy's so impressive. Yes, uh, single word. Your name, please. Could I have your name? Uh, Melbourne. One second, please. Hello? <laughs> ah, yes, Mr. O'Reilly. Well, it's perfectly simple. Uh, when I asked you to build me a wall, I was rather hoping that instead of just uh, dumping the bricks in a pile, you might have found time to cement them together, you know, one on top of the other in the traditional fashion. Could you fill it in, please? Oh, splendid. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but when, Mr. O'Reilly? There, there, there. <laughs> yes, 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 but when? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Ah, the flu. Yes. Both names, please. Yes, I should have guessed, Mr. O'Reilly, that of the potato famine, I suppose. Yeah, I um, beg your pardon. Would you put both your names, please? Well, would you give me a date? No, I only use one. You don't have a first name. You know, I'm Lord Melbury, so I simply sign Melbury. <laughs> Go away. And so, uh, sorry to uh, captivate your lordship. I do apologise. 
please do. It's that my forgiveness. Now, is there something, uh, something, anything that I can do for you? Anything? Uh, yes, well, I have filled this in. Oh, please, don't bother with that. Now, a room. A room, a special room, a single. Uh, and we get a bit more of the physical comedy that I think Faulty Towers it does so well. Because when they get to dinner, Basil moves a family from a chair, uh, from from where they're si- where they're seated. Sorry, to another po- point in the in the tiny little room that they're they're eating in, so that he can place Lord Melbury in 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 what his opinion is the best table in the in the room, uh, to try and impress his his higher class guest, I suppose. But then he manages to pull the chair away at the wrong moment. Lord Melbury ends up on the deck, he ends up on his arse on the floor, and Basil instantly turns around and slaps Manuel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny as well. It, yeah, very. I, I, all that sort of physical stuff. It's. I mean, you look at you look at John Cleese. He's a big old guy. I mean, he must be what six three, six four something. He's a big old guy, but he's quite a skinny guy as well. So. He's a comedy character just to look at, never mind anything else. And then you've got Manuel acting the way he does. It, it's just so well done, I think. Yeah, the dynamic is excellent between those two. Mm. Um, with regards to the actor who played Lord Melbury, um, he actually passed away only about three, four months after this show aired. So that that's quite a shame there. But... <laughs> This family that get moved for the benefits of Lord Melbury, they pop up a few more times throughout this episode. And it comes to a line that I find absolutely fast, just fantastic because it keeps popping up and it's such a simple thing. We have six o'clock, I think it is, they say, because the bar is open around the back, the little tiny bar. And the uh, the dad in this family, there's there's a man, his wife and and his young child there orders a gin and orange a lemon squash and a scotch and water and again this is something that when, when i think of faulty towers i think of this guy shouting this line it really sort of you know pops up again and again through this episode because he's placed his drinks order here but it kind of gets forgotten about quite often danny doesn't it yeah definitely it's the um it's the, like a subplot kind of thing isn't it yes yes i guess so yes with regards to lord Malbury, danny what were your thoughts on this character? What were your thoughts on this guy? Especially at first, because if you're watching for the first time and you don't understand, you don't have the episode description or know anything about this particular episode, I suppose you don't really know where this is going. Yeah, I had no idea when uh, he arrived. I was thinking... Mm, okay, okay. Uh, Lord Malbury also asks Basil to cash a check for him. Now, this is quite an old-fashioned thing here that I wouldn't imagine many of our listeners or yourself, Danny, to understand how this works, but he's basically t- taking some cash out, borrowing against the checkbook and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And he has £200 off Basil Fawlty from, from the uh, the hotel's money, or they need to go get it from the bank, apologies, because it's quite a vast sum. So he sends Polly to go and get the £200, which works out just shy of about two grand in today's money. So I can understand why Basil was a little bit like, mm, I'm not sure about this. But he's so desperate to please this guy, isn't he? Yeah, he really is so eager. But yeah, that that's blown my mind as well. T- nearly two grand in today's uh, equivalent is just shocking. Yeah, roughly, roughly. I mean, it's, it's about that. You know, yeah. I'd, have, I'd have to look it up, but I think it's going. I think it's roughly that. Yeah. Um, when Polly goes to get the money for Basil and Lord Melbury, uh, she sees Mister Brain, the other guest, and he's sat in a car 
looking across the street and I mean, Polly's there pretty much right in the guy's face waving and he just doesn't respond at all, does he? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think he's there to, um, to just like make any friends or anything like that. That was the impression I got. Well, we find out Danny, you're absolutely spot on the money. He's there to work, isn't he? Yeah, he's there to work. And, um, from the second he arrives and when, um, it's just a, a case of, um, Basil, just um, misjudging him because of the way he's dressed and because of his haircut and stuff. But when he just rips out, oh, he can speak better Spanish than Basil, that's really cool as well. Yeah, that's a brilliant moment. Yeah, earlier on in the episode, it's great. And um, Basil tries to explain it away as that um, Manuel has picked up some kind of lesser version of the language and and basil knows classic spanish he refers to it as doesn't he which is just fantastic because he's trying to say he knows a better version of spanish than the spanish guy (laughs) (laughs) that would not fly today mate (laughs) no it definitely wouldn't it definitely wouldn't um polly uh, basically gets called into the car with mr brain and this is all set to a bit of music so we don't actually we don't find out straight away, I suppose, what, what's going on. We're, we're only seeing Polly um, sort of wave to the guest, say, oh, hi, yeah, I was like, you bumped into him in town sort of thing. He's called, him into, he's called Polly into the car. They're explaining things, and they point at Melbury as he's walking around town. But, so you know something is up, but you don't, you don't know what yet. I think that was quite clever. Yeah, it definitely let, letting you guess something's happening, but you're going to have to keep watching to see what it is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, back at the hotel, uh, Melbury then is admiring Basil Fawlty's co- coin collection, and he actually offers to get the coins valued. Uh, and again, by this stage, Polly now is is trying to get Basil's attention, and we find out very quickly then from Polly as she's trying to explain to to Basil that Lord Melbury is actually a confidence trickster. He's a con man. Yeah, um, Basil won't accept this at first, though, will he? No, he he's in denial. He's just like, I'm too smart to be tricked. He's kind of like, that's the vibe I got off of him. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you're spot on. There's so many episodes. Well, I say there's so many episodes, there's only 12. But there's so many moments in, in this show where Basil, I think, is... He thinks of himself as being more intelligent than he perhaps is. Yeah. And I think that's what you said there, like rings true for so many more episodes, but it really stands up here as well, Danny. Yeah, it is. That's the vibe I got. It was like, okay, he knows, he knows he's been tricked and he knows um, this guy is like, has one over him, but he's just in denial because he thinks Mm. he's too uh, above it. Well, the bit that gets me is, is almost like the reveal, I suppose, because you get um, Sybil coming into the ring because Basil won't listen to Polly. He's just said, oh, you silly little girl and all this sort of stuff you've been. Um, he, he thinks that Mr. Brain, the policeman, is just spinning tales to try and get Polly into bed and trying to impress her with tales of MI5 and all this sort of stuff. And he refers to her, which is quite amusing when you think about it, because it's actually his real-life wife, but he refers to her <laughs> as a silly little girl and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, that had to be intentional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, when, when Sybil comes into the room, Polly then tries to explain to Sybil, who tends to be, even though she's, you know, her character develops in different ways over the next sort of 10, 11, 12 episodes, and we're going to see quite a, quite a few different aspects to her. She does, especially early on, tend to be the voice of reason, I guess. She's very much like, I'm not putting up with your bullshit, Basil. <laughs> yeah, there's, that's the vibe you get. She's very grounded. 
Yeah, yeah. And Sybil basically then says, right, okay, let's open the case, which are the valuables that Lord Melbury um, deposited for, for Basil to look after. So <laughs> Basil's there again. And it comes back to the point you made earlier, Danny, about how... It, he's very sort of downtrodden and, and his wife is in charge because he's there going, Sybil, I forbid you to open that safe. So she opens the safe and it's Sybil, I forbid you to open that case. And she opens the case. She don't not give a shit. Does she? No, absolutely not. mate. She's just like doing her own thing. Yeah. It cracks me up. Uh, when she opens the case to see these, these you know valuables that have been deposited in there, in their hotel safe, it's a couple of bricks. And I thought that John Cleese here, Basil Fawlty here, his his reaction and his, I suppose, to coin a wrestling term, his sell of the bricks is just absolute gold for me, Danny. Yeah, he, his facial expressions are just like he's like oh, so annoyed, but like he's he knows like he's got to do something about it, but there's nothing he can do because the guy's gone. <laughs> Well, this is it. And he, he smells the brick at one point. <laughs> I, I don't know what that, would, but again, it's a little touch. So I thought it was so brilliantly done. He, he has a little sniff of the one brick. He puts the other brick up to his ear. He sort of clinks them together. Cause it's almost like, okay, these look like bricks. I know they're bricks, <laughs> but are they really bricks? Have I been that dumb? It's, it's the way he, the way he does it. Cause it's so subdued as well. It's so, it's it's not like loud and over the top and ridiculous because that comes later. It's that initial realization that he's been duped. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, and it's you can see it sinking in on camera, can't you? Yeah, you can. He he's like in disbelief. Mm. It, it's it's brilliantly done, absolutely brilliantly done. Uh, Basil goes out then to the reception because some real. Um, I suppose, higher class clientele have arrived with Sir Richard and Lady Morris, who had reserved a room. Whilst Basil is speaking to them, doing his best to hold it together because he's, you know, quite upset at what's happened. Uh, Melbury comes down the stairs and Basil starts <laughs> this. I loved because Basil starts talking to him because the game's up now. Basil knows Basil knows the crack and he's there saying, oh, how are you doing, Melbury? Me old mucker, me old mate. And he's pinching his cheeks and slapping his merch and all this sort of stuff. And he turns back to uh, Sir Richard and Lady Morris and he goes, um, can, is there anything we can get for you? Do you have any valuables to deposit? Um, any bricks? And that's when Melbury realizes that he's he's been done here he's you know they're on to him and he goes oh no and runs off and oddly runs to where i think there would just be a wall on the set i mean that part of the set is open for the filming and the audience yeah but i think the layout of the hotel that it would be like he's just running into a dead end i think the way he runs off danny yeah it is isn't it he just kind of goes full force into it is that mm-hmm. oh but there was a wall there. <laughs> but then he comes back out in the bar in the other corner. So maybe there's a way around the back. I don't know. I don't think there yeah. would I, I'm not sure. But this is where we get the first, the first of many Basil Faulty breakdowns, I guess, when the little stress points and the, the, the accumulation of all these moments that have been building up for the last 30 minutes of this episode, they all come to a head. And he's just there, he's screaming, you bastard uh, at Melbury and he's just clenched fist and swinging his arms around and oh it's just this bit here is just absolute gold as he's trying to chase Melbury around the hotel the police arrive ah Fawlty Mr Fawlty to you Lord Melbury 
I beg your pardon? Oh, nothing, please. Forget all about it. Ah, well, uh, see, um, check for 200 pounds. Ah, uh, thank you so much. And <laughs> uh, now, about my priceless collection of coins. Oh, yes, do you still... Do I still want you to take them to be valued by the Duke of Buckley, my lord? Oh, yes. Uh, no, I don't. Because we just heard that the Duke of Buckley is dead. <laughs> yes, got his head knocked off by a golf ball. Tragic. <laughs> Tragic. Well, how are you, Lord Melbury? How are you, then? All right, mate. How's me old mucker? Any valuables to deposit, Sir Richard? Any bricks? Oh. Or... <laughs> I do apologise. You bastard! <laughs> Eventually, they nick the guy. Uh, Basil gets a kick in as well, which is which is quite good. He wants to get a punch in as well, but the police won't let him. <laughs> uh, all this is going on. He then, I mean, what, what did you think, Danny, with regards to the the reaction of of Lord Melbury when Basil says like the bricks, and then Basil, the, the first time I suppose you seeing uh, a proper Basil faulty meltdown. Yeah, and I'm glad they had it on the first episode. Um, this was really fun to watch as well because it's like um, now we know what we're going to have for the future episodes. We know that um, Basil is just a I'll just call him a serial abuser <laughs> to um, to Man Manil. But um, yeah, actually, um, yeah, I really liked this ending because it was like the conclusion of the whole episode. Yeah, most of the episodes. Well, I say most. That there is no real sort of continuity running through it. There yeah. is there is no sort of long term storytelling. It is each episode is like just a, a one particular tale of, of that happens. So that's that's quite good as well. They can, they do you can watch them and they do stand alone. You know, there's not many that reasons why it would interlink with any other episodes. But yeah, all this is going on, and Basil hasn't put the picture up still, so he storms over to get the picture to hang it up. Uh, and this is one of the little gaffes that you get sometimes as well with, with with older television. We notice it sometimes with the Doctor Who pod as well, and, and certain episodes of Quantum Leap for the Waiting Room podcast that we do looking at Quantum Leap. There's certain aspects of older television that get overlooked that might not get overlooked as much in modern day. And here with the picture all the way through the episode he's been battling to put this picture up and there's obviously no glass in it it's just a frame of a picture but yet when he throws the glass the, the the picture at the end there's a huge smash of glass so it doesn't quite fit with the rest of the episode there but yeah. it's not a it's not a big deal really another one is as well when sir richard and lady morris go outside and they're in their car they're leaving as you would do i think danny you wouldn't want to stay there after seeing all that would you no, definitely not. No, there's got to be more hotels than that. <laughs> <laughs> Basil is—he gets more and more dishevelled, uh, dishevelled. Sorry, as the episodes go on, his tie's a bit wonky, his jacket's a bit off, his hair gets a bit messy, uh, and, uh, and as the episode goes on, he tends to get more and more like that. He's proper in a bit of a mess here, but when he runs outside to see Sir Richard and Lady Morris and try and convince them not to go, his hair's neatly combed, is is tie is done back up properly he he looks a lot tidier but then when he runs back into the hotel straight away again he's back to being a mess again so a little bit of a continuity error with the filming there and, and also i suppose when lord melbury arrives basil is carrying lord melbury's cases into the hotel and they actually swap hands at one point whilst the the you know he goes from one camera shot to another which again is a little bit of a continuity error but it's 1970s television it is what it is yeah but um after all that chaos, Lord Melbury is arrested. The the police are leaving after offering Basil a, a drink, and he's not interested. The 
the, the picture has been smashed. Sybil's moaning at him because he hasn't uh, done the picture or typed up the menu, which is something else it was on his to-do list today. Out comes a former, uh, out comes the other customer from the bar and demands a gin and orange, a lemon squash, and a scotch and water, please. He's been forgotten about again, Danny. Yes, and he's been waiting the whole episode to get it. But yeah, I thought that was really cool to sort of give it a nice little touch. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed looking back on this first episode. I've seen Voice Towers numerous times, but not for a while. So, I mean, it's re-shown on UK Gold quite often. It's it's on BritBox as well. If people do have BritBox, then you want to go back and watch it there. Um, I think you watched it on, was it Daily Motion or YouTube, Danny? Yes, all of them are on Daily Motion for anyone who wants to go and see them. Mm. Um, it took me about 2.5 seconds to find. <laughs> well, we were messaging about it, weren't we? And and you, and I was like, it's on BritBox. So I, I might try and get you my login or you can set up and get the free trial on BritBox. And you were just like, no, I found it. yeah they're all on there in uh sort of hd because i thought when i clicked it's going to be in a different language but no they're all there definitely so get going on daily motion to watch all of them i would say yeah okie doke okie doke obviously we do not condone illegal streaming in any way shape or form of the sjp world media network um (laughs) (laughs) uh danny i've 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 really enjoyed talking this with you i I love chatting to you about you know anything really and and the fact that you've never seen this classic show i adore um we're gonna look at episode two as well aren't we in a a short while that'll be out next week and then i have other guests coming on as well who haven't seen faulty towers before so that's gonna be quite interesting I, I think i'd like to get you back on for maybe when we get into season two danny the last six episodes yeah that'll be really cool man i look forward to it awesome stuff do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online my friend yep you can find me on twitter at scottish juggalo you can hear me on one man's meat podcast with the great chris bellis um you can hear me on back when with the great ty peters you can hear me on nitro nights with the great Cy powell who's doing this show <laughs> and um yeah if you just heard i'll be invited back so you'll hear me on here which i'm really looking forward to you will danny will be joining us again next week when we look at episode two the builders where we get the return of the mr o'reilly that buzzle was talking about on the telephone earlier so that's gonna be quite funny uh yeah a great episode there danny i've had an absolute blast having you on thank you so so much for joining me for this uh debut episode of the farty towels podcast on sjp world media oh thank you mate you can find the show on twitter at farty towels pod that's at farty towels pod uh farty towels a faulty towers podcast thank you so so much to pigs bladders for making our logo for the twitter account there and also you can follow the network that carries this show and loads of other great content as well at sjp world media on facebook and twitter uh for now then until next week thank you danny thank you everybody else for listening <laughs>